Well, well, well. Good evening, everyone. Or should I say, good morning. 1.41 a.m. on this December 17th, 2018. Time flies when you're having fun. I want to take a moment to thank you for it listening to this podcast i know again there are so many different podcasts out there that you could listen to but i want to thank you sincerely for clicking on this podcast i want to take a second to thank my sponsors thank you so much for believing in the work and the content in this podcast also want to thank you for subscribing to this podcast and If you hear something here that may bless your soul, I pray you would pass this on to somebody else and hopefully they will choose to subscribe to some of the goodness that I'm trying to give out into the world. And some of you probably like, well, who are you? Uh, Where are you from? (laughs) Why should I listen to anything that you have to say? Well, I know there's choice in this world figure I want to try to do the little bit that I can to try to spread a little bit of some of the knowledge that I've learned over these past 45 years of living on this great earth. Very grateful to the creator for allowing me many, many great opportunities, the ups, the downs, the valley times, the mountaintop times, and the hurtful times even grateful for all those things so anyway good people i'm gonna get right into it and i want to talk to you today about greatness greatness and if i could put that all in exclamation points have it all capitalized bold greatness What is greatness? Where does it start? How do you begin to realize that you are great? Someone a long time ago deemed one the GOAT. Greatest of all time. Muhammad Ali, huh? Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Rumble, young man, rumble. Mm? Greatest of all time. In the boxing ring. Some might argue Mike Tyson might have been one of the greatest of all time in boxing. We can go down the line and talk about athletes. We can talk about uh, Fortune 500 CEOs, we can talk about Olympic athletes, greatest of all time, decathlons and sprinters, the great Usain Bolt, greatest of all time, fastest man in the world, Usain Bolt, go and get him Usain, huh? greatest of all time. Who's the GOAT? Many different communities we could 
could say, who was one of the greatest leaders of all time? Hmm. Who was the greatest president of all time? Some would say Kennedy, greatest of all time. Some would say Ford, greatest of all time. Some would even say Abraham Lincoln, greatest of all time. The greatest. So anyway, all that said, I want to take a second to tell you about one gentleman in in, in particular who has inspired me many, many, many years. And to me, one of the, probably the greatest basketball player of all time in my eye. Now, there are many who have touched the ball, who have done many, many great things uh, for the game and being a great ambassador for the game and, and for their families and, and blessing the nations with many, many, many great things. But I want to tell you specifically about one that you may know of, and his name was and still is the great greatest of all time ah Michael Jeffrey Jordan huh Michael Jeffrey Jordan what an amazing amazing gift he is to the world here greatness personified they would say never had the opportunity to meet the great Michael Jordan but he's great for so many different reasons. I remember 1982, 83, second and third grade. Hearing of this man, Michael Jordan. And I was at a school named Our Lady Help of Christian in East Orange, New Jersey here. And began to really, really love the game of basketball and there was this guy man I tell you Michael Jordan he played for University of North Carolina under Dean Smith and uh, he actually won a national championship there in 1982 so I was in second grade in 1982 <laughs> he had the game winning shot there I remember was amazing. We had great teammates around him. Sam Perkins and James Worthy. Something about this man. When he got into the NBA. 1984. Hmm? There's fourth grade now. 1984. He was the third overall draft pick back then. Amazing gift to the world. So let's do a little history lesson just about this great man. Just for a second, okay? I'll give you just a little bit. So, Michael Jeffrey Jordan, huh? The greatest of all time, was born February 17, 1963. And many of you may know him best by MJ. <laughs> MJ. And uh, he played 15 seasons in the NBA. 
with both the Chicago Bulls and the Washington Wizards. And Wikipedia says that by acclamation, Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time. He was one of the greatest athletes of his generation. And honestly, he was instrumental in really popularizing the NBA around the world in the 1980s and 1990s, you know, and uh, pretty, pretty special. And currently, Michael Jordan is uh is principal owner of the great uh, Charlotte Hornets NBA team. So again, I'll tell you that he played under Dean Smith. Dean Smith was one of the greatest college basketball players and coaches of all time back in the Dizay, so to speak. And uh, again, he played for the Tar Heels and won a national championship in 1982 and then uh, won a, a, after he was uh, drafted into the NBA, excuse me, in 1984, he was actually the third overall pick in that draft. He came out number three, right? But he quickly just emerged, you know, he emerged as one of the, one of the league stars, you know, he, he was entertaining people all over the world. You know, he was doing things, leaping over people and slam dunk contests and jumping from the free throw line and all that good stuff. And doing all that earned him the great name Air Jordan. Ha <laughs> ha. His airness. Ah, the greatest of all time. Come on, Mike. Like Mike, if I could be like Mike. Anybody remember that commercial? I love that commercial, Gatorade. We all want to be like Mike. Uh, anyway, um, along with being not only the greatest offensive player in the NBA, he also won Defensive Player of the Year many, many years. And uh, that was just part of his greatness, too. You know, he wasn't just an offensive great basketball player. He was an all-around great basketball player and defensively would shut down anybody. Anyway, so he won his... First national championship with the Tar Heels again in 82. And then he won his first NBA championship with the the, uh, Chicago Bulls uh, in 1991. I was in 11th grade in 1991. Look at there. And um, and then, you know, he had another title in 1992 and 93. So my 11th grade, 12th grade year. My first year of college, 1993. Three Pete, three Pete, four. The Chicago Bulls back in the Dizay, as they say. So, uh, some about the greatest of all time. The greatest, the greatest, man, oh man. So, we'll get into a little bit more about Mike and, and his greatness. I just want to give a little history in case you didn't know. Just wanted to remind remind everyone out there about how amazing and great Mike is and the impact he left on me and my heart. Uh, what does it take to be great? I could really, really only imagine what he had to do to become great. Now, there were people 
who played basketball and there were basketball players. Uh, you understand that? <laughs> there are people that play basketball and there are basketball players. Now, believe you me, I put in hours. OMG, I put in hours. I mean, hours and hours and hours of training, so to speak, for basketball from a very, very, very young age. Practice after practice. It was uh, too small. Oh, actually, I was too tall for small fry. Small fry, you had to be under... 510 and uh I would when I first start playing I was I was about 510 and um was just trying to figure out the whole thing you know how to dribble how to pass and uh really just coordinate get get coordinated you know and I had some really really great coaches uh shout out to coach Fred here in Jersey what up coach Fred and um yeah, I played at Our Lady Help of Christian. That's where I learned how to play between there and St. Rocco down in Newark, the great St. Rocco. I know some of the people listening to this might remember St. Rocco across uh, down in Newark there. I believe that's across from West Side. You see the West Side of Weekway High School. But anyway, uh, was learning the game and always watching the game and watching uh, this this great man, this Michael Jordan, and, and he was great to me for so many reasons, because I tell you, he was one of the first examples and role models that I saw on TV. Somebody who looked like me, who everyone was saying he was great. I was like, whoa, you know what I mean? Like pretty amazing. You think about it, you know, this this figure, this just giant of a man, you know. I believe Mike is probably six, seven, six, between six, six and six, seven. I believe I could, it could be wrong. Maybe I'll try to get what his correct height was, but Mike was greatest of all time. So again, I was saying that, you know, I put in a lot of hours in basketball, um, for many of us growing up, we thought that was our ticket out, so to speak. Um, you know, really to try to take care of our families, uh, to become pro athletes and trying to put in hours, uh, trying to be great like Mike, so to speak. And, um, but at a young age, I tell you, you don't really realize that, you know, some people are just born and destined into greatness. They just are. And there's nothing wrong with it. You shouldn't be jealous of people who, uh, are you know born into greatness and now <laughs> was I a great basketball player heavens no heavens no I was not now in my mind I was you know what I mean like I, you know, come down shoot a three five four three two one end of the game I hit the buzzer beater you know I all the time that's that's in my mind I was you know I was the goat <laughs> But as I began to progress, uh, high school, realizing there was some talent that was just exceptional, uh, played with a great guy named uh, Kenya Capers. Kenya was about six, six, seven, incredible, incredible athlete from Irvington. Shout out to Irvington High School. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was uh, Irvington, New Jersey. Uh, Actually, Queen Latifah went to my high school. You guys believe that? The great queen, Queen Latifah. 
Shout out to Queen. Shout out to uh, Shaquem. All these beautiful, great people that came out of Irvington, New Jersey. Um, anyway, Don Moxley. Um, my boy Hassan passed on. What's up, Haas? Um, Lakeem Lanier, one of the greatest point guards to play at Irvington High School. Rob George. OMG. There was a guy named Robert George. Whew. Rob George had hops. He could jump out the gym. A lot of great players come out of Irvington. I got to play against some amazing talent too. Elizabeth High School and uh, Seton Hall Prep where Brevin Knight went to school. Brev was probably only one of the ones from our area to really make it in the NBA back in the day. He came out the class in 1992 as well. So anyway, uh, we all were putting our time in, hoping to make it to the league, and Brev actually did make it to the league, which is really, really great. Uh, there was a gentleman named uh, Luther Wright. Luther Wright was seven foot two. Oh, my goodness. Luther, how you doing, man? Uh, I know you probably don't remember me, but anyway, Luther, shout out to Luther. Luther, seven foot two. Uh, yeah. Luther uh, actually did make it to the Utah Jazz, but never really got a chance to actually play in the NBA, but I had a chance to play against him as well. So anyway, all that good said, all that good stuff said, um, we were all training, you know, on a consistent basis, you know, going to five-star basketball camps and, you know, getting to, you know, get knowledge from, you know, great minds in basketball, you know, going to Syracuse University to team camps and Listen to the great uh, Jim Beheim, uh, you know, never forget experiences like that, you know, and seeing just tremendous, tremendous athletes. And we're all putting our time in, you know, thinking that we might have a shot that one in a thousand to actually, you know, become pro athletes. And, and the discipline of, of what it really takes to be, you know, an amazing, great athlete. I mean, a lot of people really just see the finished product, but they don't really understand what it takes to be great. You know, um, now, again, I, I don't consider myself you know to have been one of the greatest basketball players at all you know um tried to develop a lot of skill uh from watching and learning but i can only imagine you know mike had something very very special he was gifted um kind of just blessed from the creator to be deemed the greatest of all time but just imagine the work ethic that had to come in think about the rejection that he first had to take high school he actually was cut from his high school basketball team what a lesson now he didn't give up he got cut from his high school basketball team the greatest of all time so called failed okay <laughs> some of us hit a failure we're just like oh my gosh the world is over I'm failing I, 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 you know I'm out of here you got to pick yourself back up and get back in the game. Come on now. Anyway, so, you know, Mike got cut. And the rest is history, as they say. Mike picked himself up. Probably got up early mornings before everybody else. Up at 4 a.m. Running. Getting a regiment. 
working out, eating right, working on those hops. That's Ebonics for just working on jumping. <laughs> the work ethic, the hours he had to put in to start to become the greatest of all time, to walk into his destiny and understand that he was going to be the greatest of all time. On a daily basis, he probably looked in the mirror and said, I'm going to be the greatest basketball player of all time. I'm going to show this coach who cut me that I am going to be the greatest of all time. I can only imagine the fire that was in his belly. It was underneath him from that rejection. He turned it around. Became the greatest of all time. So what do you got to have to be the greatest of all time? You've got to have a definite schedule. You definitely got to have a set schedule. What time you waking up in the morning? Write it down. What time you eating your first meal? Write it down. How much time you studying? Write it down. How much time you studying the game? Write it down. How much time are you working on your jump shot? How many hours are you putting in? How many jumpers are you going to seek to make in a row before you leave the gym? Write it down. How many wall sits are you going to do? Write it down. How many push-ups are you going to do a day? Write it down. How many suicides are you going to do? Write it down. Now, people say suicides. What is that? <laughs> Basketball court is about 92 feet, right? 92. Yeah, about 92. And uh, so there, there's a baseline, which is underneath the basket. There's a foul line, half court line. Then going back down the other way, you have the foul line and the baseline. So usually coaches would put on timer. And some coaches would give you, you know, a minute, a minute 30 to do what they call a suicide and suicide you would start on the baseline you would run to the foul line as fast as you could sprint go back to the baseline go from the baseline up to the half court line back down to the baseline and then turn around go back to the foul line on the other side of the court back down to the other baseline back down suicides incredible incredible workout anyway so mastering that Hours and hours of suicides, wall sits again, push-ups, leg drills, leg pushes, sit-ups, defensive slides. The amount of work that you have to put in to become the greatest, people really, really don't understand. I tell you, man, some people, and I imagine Mike had two-a-days. What is a two-a-day? That means you have practice in the morning, you go to school. You have practice after school, two-a-days, basketball, football, track, hockey, whatever it is. But for Mike and me and some others, <laughs> it was two-a-days, two-a-days. So again, you know, mad work put in to becoming the greatest of all time. What a gift. What a gift. Now, in doing that, is there some injury that comes along? Yes. Do you get nicked up? Yes. Your toes get all messed up, man? Yeah. 
Your ankle, you turn an ankle every once in a while? Yes. You pull a hamstring? Yes. Shoulder strain? Yes. Jam every finger you have? Yes. All a part of becoming great. All of it. All of it. Stepping into his greatness. Now, did he win every game he played? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But I I don't think I ever saw Mike ever lose a game and not be upset. I never saw Mike lose a game and not give 110% ever, ever. So with greatness sometimes, yes, failure does come along with that. It does. It's just life. That's just life. You keep living. You know, every day is not going to be sunny. Every day is not going to be, you know, rainbow and sunshine and everybody giving you hugs and high fives. It's just not going to be that. But what do you do, you know, when you so-called get an L? Ebonically speaking, an L is a loss. What do you do? Do you waller in that loss or do you learn something from it, pick yourself up and get back in the game? Michael Jordan is one of the greatest examples to me, not only as an African-American male, but just as a person to persevere through failure, doubt, disappointment, loss, and still be the greatest of all time. Still be the greatest of all time. And some of us give up on the littlest, littlest things in life. What are we doing? What are we doing? My young people out there, if you're a parent and you're listening to this, pass this on to your young child. Disappointment is going to happen. Friendships come and they go. Friendships do not define who you are as a as a person. They don't. I have friends growing up. I have no idea where they are. And we were really good friends, but I really have no idea where they are in life. I would love to reconnect with them. We didn't have a falling out or anything like that. Life just happened. And so many times in life, people just give up the smallest little setback not even giving themselves a chance to get back in the game and, and, and realize their greatness and realize their greatness in whatever walk of life you're in I'm just giving you an example of one of the greatest of all time who happens to be an athlete and for me one of the greatest examples as an African American man today young people even grown people come on there's so much greatness that lives inside of you now you may not be the greatest of all time (laughs) you may not be the greatest of all time in the stock market or the greatest of all time in entertainment or the greatest of all time in in as a bowler or greatest of all time as an olympic athlete but you put your time in and what is your measure of greatness you know What is your measure of greatness? I believe I'm still walking into my greatness. I believe that. I tell myself this on a daily basis. 
Now, as much as I can get on a podcast and talk, I have to be honest about things that happen even in my life. And my life is not a bowl of cherries. Okay? It is just, it's just not. And most of what I say to try to uplift other people, I'm I'm also telling myself these things to lift myself up. There's a song that says, encourage yourself. Sometimes you have to encourage yourself. Sometimes you have to speak victory during the test. No matter how you feel. You speak these words and you'll be healed. Encourage encourage yourself. Speak over yourself. Speak over yourself. Speak greatness into yourself. This is a song that Donald Lawrence wrote called Encourage Yourself. This is what you've got to do to realize your greatness and the potential that you have inside of you. Look in the mirror and encourage yourself. Do not wait for your mom or your dad to tell you that you're great. Know in your heart and in your mind that you are great. So what you you got a bad grade on a math test. That is not going to define who you are ultimately as a person. It's not. Your social studies test that you took where you got 22 out of 44. That's not going to define you. What you do is you go back. And you learn from your mistakes. What did I miss? Retake it for yourself. So the next time you get better. Same with math. Same with history. Same with French. Get the index cards. Write down the answers on the index card. One of the greatest study uh, guides that I ever had was actually index cards. And I didn't even know how to study. I had no clue how to study until my freshman year in college. Holy moly. How do you do that? I don't know. I don't even know how I made it through. Write things down, guys. Write things down. What do you want to be great at? Huh? What, what do you want to be great at, rather? What do you want to be great at? Maybe it's the violin. Maybe it's the piano. Maybe it's the drums. Maybe it's math. Maybe it's being a mathematician. Maybe it's being a scientist. Maybe it's being an herbalist. Maybe it's finding that, that, that cure for cancer. Finding that cure for cancer. Maybe it's finding that cure for AIDS. What is it that's, that's living inside of you that, that, that needs to come out? For you to live in your greatness and your greatness and your greatness because you are great. You are great. You've got to believe that and tell yourself that. I've had to tell myself this on a continual basis. There's not really been a time in my, there was probably one time in my life. A few podcasts back, I was telling you about my teacher, Mr. Melvin. Shout out to Mr. Mel. What up? Brian Melvin was the first person to ever really speak greatness into my life and over me. And I'll never forget him for that. I will forever love him for that. He was the first person to ever tell me I was actually great and I could be someone in this world. I'll never forget that. Leadership. He saw leadership qualities in me. And told me that I could be a leader, an effective leader. Greatness. I'll never forget him. Well, let's get back to Mike for a second. I know I got off. (laughs) 
So even in his greatness, Mike had tragedy. Mike was very, very close with his dad. Mike lost his dad. Tragedy hit. He had to work through that thing. Growing up, he was kind of an all-around athlete, so he loved baseball. But he never got to fulfill that baseball dream because he was living in his greatness as a basketball player. So after his father passed, he decided that he was going to walk away from the game he loved so much. And then he went to go play baseball. OMG, why did you do that greatest of all time? Well, you know, sometimes you, 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 you got to like follow this other path too. What's wrong with taking a chance on life? Man, you only get this life once, man. Yeah. Mike's like, you know what? Yeah, I know I'm the greatest. Guess what? I'm so great. I'm going to leave the game that I'm so great at. And I'm going to go try to master this other one. Really? You really, you really going to do that? He did it. <laughs> Play for the Barons, huh? Like a triple A team. Mike was awful. Come on, Mike. If you're listening to this, man. Mike wasn't the greatest. Not on the baseball diamond. Mike worked hard, though. Mike understood it took hard work. He rode on the buses with the guys. He didn't take his, you know, elaborate jets and all that. He rode on the bus with the guys, humbled himself because he knew if he wanted to learn this game and be halfway decent at it, he had to put in the time. He had to put in the work, a different type of work. Yes, he's a pro athlete, but it's a different type of discipline in baseball than it is in basketball. Totally different discipline. Your hand-eye coordination is a little different when that ball's coming at you 100 miles an hour. Or if you're in the outfield and that ball's coming to you 420 feet back, you're trying to catch that thing. There's Mike, the greatest of all time, humbling himself to go and try to master something else. Now, did he totally master baseball? Uh, no. Not at all. And he'll probably, you know, tell you that in an interview that you probably heard of the great Mike. But even in that, and I'm not even going to say that he failed in baseball because he didn't fail in baseball. He, he took a chance. He, you know, he realized I have one life. You know, this is something else that I love and I'm going to try to go and do it. So what if I have egg all over my face? I'm going to try and go and do it. Oh my goodness. You're going to walk away from all the millions you're making to go and make a triple A salary. But he did it. He followed his dream. Another dream that he had. Then after he did all that, he came back to the game again. He came back to the game. The man won six NBA championships. Six. Do you know there are dudes who play basketball who never win one championship? I'm talking small fry basketball I'm talking elementary school I'm talking high school I'm talking division 3 college junior college never won one championship <laughs> okay let alone playing for the ding dang NBA come on now Charles Barkley played for many years never won an NBA championship Mike won 6 Mike won 6 greatest of all time all right, so when he came back to the game, he played for the Washington Wizards, played with some young cats. 
still showed everybody he didn't lose a step because he was still the greatest of all time. Come on now. He was playing with Rip Hamilton for the Washington Wizards. Rip was real good, but Rip realized real quick, Mike's still the man. Jalen Rose playing against Jalen. Young Jalen Rose taking it to him. I'm still the greatest. I went away. Guess what? I'm back. Playing against Kobe. Playing against Shaq. Come on, man. Greatest of all time. Putting in work. Walking away from something that he loved. Came back and was still the greatest of all time. Retired. The greatest of all time. There will never be another Mike. LeBron is doing it. Kobe did it. There will never be a Michael Jordan. There will, there will never be another one. A grand ambassador for the game of basketball. A grand ambassador for marketing. He left a legacy for a lot of these young guys to become millionaires, not only on the basketball court, but off of the basketball court. What a great example, the greatest of all time, is to me. And I'll probably never get a chance to tell them face to face, but... I appreciate him walking and living in his greatness and and even seeing his failures on TV and living through criticism. Many critics saying he's washed up, didn't have it, all that good stuff, and still being the greatest of all time. So I say all that to say, good people, we have to learn to step into our greatness as people. As long as we're here, we have a chance to still walk into our greatness, wherever that may be for you, for me. And again, I say all this to myself as much as I'm saying it to you, the listener. So let's get ourselves back in the game. I've had so many setbacks and so many failures happen to me. And I, I, I hear a lot of people say that if you're going to be successful, you're going to fail. And so many see Failure is just like, oh, that's the end. Failure is not the end, man. Failure is not the end. It's not. No is not the end. No is next opportunity, right? As an actor, I tell you, in 23 years, I've heard so many no's. Oh, my goodness. It's just, it's a part of me. It's it's, It's embedded in my brain. These past two years have been a beast. You hear me? They've kicked my butt. Tore my Achilles. Come on, man. I tore my Achilles. How do you do that? (laughs) At 40, 41. What was that? 40? I'm 45 now. I did it at 43. I tore my Achilles. Talking about setback, man. Come on. I couldn't do what I loved. I couldn't. I'm not feel sorry for myself. No. Did it affect my family? Yes, it affected my family big time, man. Financially. I mean, you do a Broadway show, you're acting, singing, and dancing. You know, of course, I could still sing, play the piano try to do some voiceover work and and get into the podcasting as I'm doing now but I could not audition for anything for two years it's a big chunk of money that has left my household you talk about setback you talk about lying in bed looking at the the ceiling and asking yourself OMG 
Am I really going to be able to recover from this thing and really support my family? That's real. That's real at 43 when you got two kids, a wife, a house, mortgage, taxes, private school. It's no joke. What am I going to do? Am I going to wallow in that? I'm not, I'm not going to wallow in that. No. These two years have been tough. I believe greatness is still inside of me. I believe I'm still walking into my greatness. You know how many people have not reached out to me at all to see how I was doing as a friend? A lot of people who want to see me fail, and I know that, and that's okay. That's okay. I'm not going to fail. I'm not a failure. Still stepping into my greatness, wherever that may be. The entertainment industry has been very, very good to me over the years, and I'm very grateful. And I have made so many mistakes, stepped on a lot of toes, made a lot of people angry (laughs) over the years. And for that, I truly do apologize for making you angry, for shutting myself off and missing out on so many great opportunities to possibly have lifelong friends in my life because I was hurting and and in my own way and I apologize to you all if you are listening to this podcast ever I was better than that I'm, I'm better than my mistakes I believe that I'm better than my mistakes and maybe one day you'll find it in your heart to forgive me and move on from it and maybe we can have a conversation one day because this life brings us many many things but honestly I just want the best for everyone I want the best even for myself I want it for my family who doesn't Will Smith said fail often fail fast fail hard fall hard and get back up and get back in the game do not wallow in your failures you are not your failures You were not that stumbling block. That's just one page in your life. It's one chapter. And for those of you who may have walked in my life or I walked on this earth during a chapter in in this this game of life, this, this thing called life, and that chapter may have been a dark chapter, that's not who I am. And I refuse to be defined by that. So I'm going to continue to try to step and walk into my greatness for my children for my family name for myself and I pray you do the same because life is going to throw you some challenges I tell you I can go on and on about them but we've got to all believe in our hearts minds and souls we've got to believe that greatness is attainable it is Greatness is attainable, and for some it come fast, and for some it it, it takes years. And that's okay. But we've got to keep persevering through the pain, through the struggle, through the doubt. Because greatness truly, truly, truly does lie within each and every person who hears this podcast. The greatness that lives inside of your heart and your soul 
work through that hatred. If there's hatred in your heart, work through it. Podcast back, I was talking about the forgiveness factor and how I've been dealing with that and struggling with the forgiveness factor even still. And I pray one day God truly release this thing. Get it off of me. Get it out of me. So that I could truly walk into my greatness to be able to give things to other people in the purest of fashions. To give it to them freely and greatly. And I know the trouble will come. I know the trouble will come. It has come. But that trouble will not define me anymore. I will not stay there. I will not live there. I am blessed. I am gifted. I am greatness personified. Tell yourself that right now, this very moment, this very moment right now, I am greatness personified. I am greatness personified. I am greatness personified. Come on, y'all. Be the greatest of all time, will you? I'll talk to you a little later.